Doctor Show episode 90, oh my goodness, I think it's 96, <laughs> should have checked. Um, so we're going to be analyzing the NFC South, the Super Bowl winning division, um, yeah, 95. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to be going over the Buccaneers, the, um, the uh, Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons. A division I thought was pretty easy, to be honest. Um, I didn't have too many questions, but Colton did say just a little bit beforehand that he had a few questions about um, a few different awards that we were giving out. So, of course, the MVP, the Offensive Player of the Year, the Defensive Player of the Year, and the Rookie of the Year. Um, I we do, we do apologize. This was our second back-to-back <laughs> um, analyzing season uh, episode. We tried to switch it up a little bit. I don't know if we just never, didn't think of anything on Friday. We never really brought it up. Um, I have a few, I do have an idea for this Friday episode, so Sweet. hopefully we can do something this uh, this um, get a little bit of switching up before we go over the the last or the second to last division uh, next week, and we're gearing up for the, the draft and the rest of the free agency and whatnot. A lot of interesting stuff, but it has been about a week now. So how mm-hmm. are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, what have I done the past week? Always got, always got to think about it kind of on the spot. It's been a pretty, you know, I, I haven't done too much out of the ordinary. I went to Top Golf, which if you guys don't know what it is, it's just kind of a, like a little golf like hidden range. I'm not a very good golfer, but Top Golf was fun to go with the boys. And then and we had a Buffalo Wild Wings after. Um, just fun stuff. Other than that, just been uh, just been playing some basketball, doing some schoolwork. We got Easter break coming up. Tomorrow's the last uh, in person day of school before. Um, our spring break so i'm looking forward to that and that's about it so yeah that sounds fun yeah it's been a chill week getting in some miles just, just doing school work and kind of chilling out a little bit more than usual but you know that's it i've another week I, I really didn't keep up with the the news on the twitter page too much i really need to get back on that but that's that's my be i want to do what i'm going to do is i'm going to post a, a free agent tracker and go over a whole bunch of signings on the instagram was what i really want to do but it's gonna take a long time. <laughs> I gotta figure it out. Uh, that's that. We'll try and get that. I'll try and do that at some point, just for fun. Um, other than that, oh yeah, that's it. it's interesting. Okay, I'm, I swear to you, I swear to you, I've seen six Goga Blataze, or I always think it was Blataze, but I guess that's not how it's really pronounced. Blataze, um, I think. Okay. Um, Fantastic. So many highlights. So many highlights of him, and like he's played like the last past two games, and he he gets like two highlights a game. It's like I know he's not like you always. You told me he's not that good, <laughs> and that's why like I, I like watching the game. I can tell he's no star, but he gets like so many highlights, and it's just like blocks, just like pretty casual blocks. But they just post the highlights of him all the time for no reason, and I don't get why. Um, but it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch many Pacers games to be honest. Um, hate yeah. to say it. Hate to say it. I'm not too big of a Pacers fan. Um, <laughs> Bulls, Bulls traded for another All Star since the last time we've been on here. My, my Bulls traded mm-hmm. for Nikola Vucevic. It's two All Stars on this team now, baby. Um, and he's playing right now. And it's halftime last time I checked, and he he was doing okay at, at halftime. Mm-hmm. He's got thirteen points and where is it? Thirteen points, uh, three rebounds, six assists at halftime for for Vuce. So good game for him. Mm-hmm. Good game for him. Yeah, we'll see how that works. Though. We'll see how that works. That the Pacers are game. still ahead. Are they? Who are you? We're still ahead in the ranking. The uh, the Bulls and the Pacers yeah. have been back and forth yeah. in the playoff. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the, the Pacers are just so so back and forth. They just lost to the Wizards, and like 
Westbrook. It was like Turner was working on Westbrook a lot tonight, and um, they Wait, didn't... they faced the Wizards tonight. Yeah. Okay, Russell Westbrook destroyed them. Yeah, it was like thirty six points, like twelve assists. No, he had uh, I'm not sure about the assists. Okay, well, a little bit off there. Either way, yeah, it was, it was a brutal 21 night. 21 assists in over 10 rebounds. That, that is one of the most crazy style lines I've like, ever seen in my life. Yeah, and he he was on Turner, like like a, a top 10 defensive player in the league. <laughs> that's, like, a lot of them, that's what it, it seemed like they were on each other a lot there, but did not did not fare well. And I, I know the Wizards are really bad, <laughs> um, but they got they got the best of them there tonight. Westbrook's a really good player, obviously. So you know you can't hate it too much, but I like I don't get it. Like the roster, we're not even that injured right now. Warren's out for the season. Uh, T.J. Warren, of course, but that's yeah, it happens. Well, I guess just, you know it's just uh, what can I say? The Pacers suck. What can I say? <laughs> you know, Chicago Bulls. They're no Shy Town Bulls. That's all. all oh, you ain't get Lonzo though. You ain't get Lonzo that's with Lonzo will. next season. Off season. Next we'll, season. We'll sign him. We'll sign him in the off season. He's a restricted free agent. We'll sign him. Bet my money on it. I could have swore Lonzo played for the Lakers. Like I could have swore. You did. I didn't really like one point. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was right then. I was like, I could have swore Lonzo played for the Lakers. He was drafted but... to the Lakers, and then he got traded for Anthony. He was part of the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers. Oh, uh, shoot. Okay. And it was like Lonzo, <laughs> Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and like a butt ton of picks for Anthony Davis. Interesting. Anthony well, Davis, that... I feel like Anthony Davis. I don't know. Anthony Davis is a player I don't really know. Like, obviously, Anthony Davis is really good, but sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I say a lot of NBA players are just a tad overrated, and then you, you tell me they're not overrated at all. So I'm not even going to, like, sometimes I just get that feeling just a little bit. I think Anthony Davis is still really good, but just a tad. Sometimes I feel like they act like he's some, some you know, all time great play. I honestly, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just gonna stop there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you could say he's under. He's not. It's not like Kevin Durant with him, where I, I disagree. I mean, he's great, but he's always injured. But when he's healthy, obviously, he he was on a championship team. You know, helped lead the Lakers to a championship, and that's you know, mm-hmm. well, the the most you know the highest feat that you can accomplish in all of sports is is the championship in your respective sport, but. Hey. Yes, sir. <laughs> say as you please. Say as you please. I yeah, guess I we hop. We can hop into the news here. Um, as per lots, as I'm per sure. you, there's at least a bit of news. Um, a lot of free agency news, but we got a couple of pieces of news that aren't necessarily from free agency. The first one is it hasn't officially happened yet, but the NFL is expected um to announce a 17th game to be added to the schedule, um, sometime this week per Adam Schefter. Um, they they've been teasing that all off season that they might add that week seventeen. Oh, because he's the last off season. It's looking like, according to Adam Schefter, that it's going to happen. There's been a lot of players that have come out and said, you know, they they're not necess- they don't want this to happen. Guys like uh, Alvin Kamara came out and said something. Eric Ebron came out and said something. Different players um, expressing their frustrations and you know their concerns for maybe their physical shape with the seventeenth game being added. A lot of players don't like that. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting for us football fans. It'll be weird because it's like, especially for when we're like predicting games for me, because it's like, I feel like it's more than numbers when you're predicting a game. Like I feel like an 11 and five team like has a feel to it. You know, mm-hmm. like an 11 and six yeah. team does not have any feel to it. I've never seen an 11 and 16. <laughs> like it's it yeah. like 11 and five has, has like 
and they feel like an 11 and 5 team. Like there's a difference between mm-hmm. that and a 10 and 6 team. They feel different, and it's gonna it's gonna be way different in games. We'll see. Yeah, it's all fun in games until <laughs> the Cowboys go eight eight and one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. One. I thought that was hilarious. It was, it was, of course, an NFL meme. As like the, they still can't escape the eight and eight or whatever. You know. Yes. Huh. It'll, um, it'll be interesting. I really wish. What I really wanted them to do was have a seventeen-week season with two buys, and that way you can keep the same like you know number of games, but it's still an extra week of revenue and still an extra week of like NFL football to watch. But you know the players won't get upset and whatnot. But so that's not. Yeah. Happen. <laughs> so. I'm sure players would be happy with that. Um, yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be nice. That'd be nice but, for for players especially. But um, the next piece of news is really really strange here. Marshawn Marshawn Lattimore, who didn't you you had him on your favorite players list? Yeah, I did. Um, Marshawn <laughs> not Lattimore great timing. Been, uh, yeah, he he has been arrested <laughs> um on suspicion of receiving stolen property. Um, and that that there's a lot of of speculation and stuff, but reports are saying that there's a possibility. Um, with the the possession, the, the the stolen property looks like it may have been a loaded weapon. Um, and if that is true, and in the place that it was rumored to have been, um, there is a chance that he could face up to um, upwards of six to eighteen months in jail. Um, and I, do, I don't, I don't believe he's going to spend <laughs> six to eighteen months in jail. It's just you know they're NFL players. Uh, I feel like whether yeah. uh, the, the, a lot of money is paid. And a lot of special accommodations are set as per you, you know, with with high profile people in, in the jail system. Um, but either way, it's a really stupid thing, and I don't know how intentional in receiving stolen property. You know, I don't really know how intentional it was. A lot of different yeah. speculations and stuff going on right now, and it's not my duty to speculate. But obviously, if Marshawn Lattimore, a top ten corner in the NFL, is out for you know six to eighteen months, um, that is. A, a big hit for the the Saints in the entire league. So it's just, yeah. I don't even. Considering they already had to gut to say about that. <laughs> they already had to get gut like a bunch of their roster just mm-hmm. to stand under the cap, and then <laughs> your star cornerback is out for a long time. That's not a that's not a good situation to be in, to say the least. But yeah, that's it's a weird it's a weird situation for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess off of that we have more because we're still in free agency, and if you've been watching, you know that's what we've been on talking about. Uh, Two trades, both both involving the Miami Dolphins, um, have happened. Both involving draft picks, and the Dolphins are very, very active. As we know, the Dolphins, um, before the episode, um, held the number three overall pick in the draft, um, and they traded that number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for the number twelve pick this year, two future first round picks, and a third round pick. And then they turned around, traded, um the number 12 pick that they got from San Francisco is, um, as, uh, as well as one of those future first round picks and a fourth round pick in exchange for the sixth round pick or the, no, I'm sorry, the sixth overall pick in the fifth round pick. So they turned their number three pick into the number sixth pick, a fifth round pick and a third round pick and a future first round pick. Yeah. So they, they, they basically went back three spaces to get a first round pick third round pick and a couple of later round picks. So really they turn their one first into two first and are possibly still going to be able to get their guy. Um, yeah. If in fact, because the thing, I'm happy they did this because for one, they may still be able to get their guy. If it's uh, it, depending on who it was, if it's Panay Sewell, they probably will, will not get him. Um, I think yeah. Cincinnati will probably snag him at five, but if it's a wide receiver, they probably will. 
Um, if they mm-hmm. were actually going to yeah. go Devontae Smith at number three, yeah, or Pitt, they could get. If they were going to go Smith at three or Jamar Chase at three, then he'll probably that makes still be all one the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Yeah, one of them will be there at six. The thing was for yeah. me, mock draft guys, I was having a really tough time deciding um, whether I was going to have Miami take um, Jamonte Smith, Jamar Chase, or Panay Sewell. And I, I had no clue. But God, now I feel like he's got Sewell. Um, I think he'll fall to yeah. Cincy. Yeah. I'll take him. And then um, Miami takes one of the receivers. I won't say who I think they're going to, but. You got to stick around for the mock draft. The mock draft yeah. is coming together. Yeah, I can't give my, away too many of my secrets before the mock draft. I, uh, dang it. I had a something about the draft I was going to say, and then I, I didn't write it down. So I forget what it was going to be. But I'm, I'm really, I really like how my, my mock draft is coming together in my head. I don't have a lot done, now, done on paper. But, okay, I know what I said. I said I was thinking Zach Wilson is going to be taking that too. I'm I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Whether it's by the Jets or if they trade down to s- some extent, Zach Wilson is being taken it too. <laughs> because there's obviously Lawrence is being taken. Screen. Yeah, there's a lot of screens about what's going on in this draft. I saw like, well, well, since San Francisco traded up for number three, the consensus is that they traded up for a QB most likely. Yeah. Um, because there's always the this that and whatever else. The rumors about you know, do they um are they sat on Jimmy G? Are they not? We're at least I'm a lot higher on Jimmy G than most people, but I guess they're trying to yeah. most likely go on. And you don't trade off all that for to to move up in the draft to not select a QB. There's you know the obvious answer would be like Justin Fields would be the obvious answer. Trey Lance, but, but then Mac Jones, yeah, yeah, Daniel Jeremiah came in and said, "Well, it looks like he said um he said something like most executives in the league think that trading up to number three. And, you know, everything that they've seen, this is a move that's pointing towards them trying to draft Trey Lance, which was interesting. But then there was another report that said executives in the you – know, most executives in the league, uh, the consensus belief is that they trade up for Mac Jones, which yeah. I do not believe that. I don't believe no, that one no way. way. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like Mac Jones. Smoke screens or whatever. There's literally – you could have – you could get Mac Jones with like – there's a realistic chance that Mac Jones does not is not a first-round pick. Like, I do yeah. not believe that they traded, you know, like three first-round picks to trade up and select a guy that they 100% could have selected where they were before. Yeah. Um, realistically, um, I, I'm i not sure if I really – I don't really know. I, I don't know. Well, the thing is, if I'm 49ers and you know, I know Lawrence and Wilson are going to be off at one and two. If you couldn't trade up to two, and obviously you can't trade up to number one, you have to – give up way too much to trade up to number one. Trading up to number two would obviously be up, giving up a lot too. Um, yes. So they, they couldn't get number two. They had to trade up to number three. But then if you know Wilson's gone and you know Lawrence is gone, then like I, I like the rest of the quarterback prospects do not impress me that much. I think Lance, Lance is probably my number three quarterback prospect. And then Fields, I definitely do not like Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, I Mac. don't like Mac Jones. I probably would reverse it. I think I'd probably have Fields and then Lance. But it's not like a crazy like wide mark. No, they both have like you know, there's different skill sets there. The thing is, when you're you're in the situation that the 49ers are, you were just in the Super Bowl a little bit ago. Um, every like every time you don't have a good season, it's just because of injuries. Um, you know, you still have a really solid roster put together, a really good offensive line, good coaching. You know, they can coach up players and whatnot. Like at number, like I don't know why you need to trade up to number three if you're the 49ers, yeah. unless you really just are not confident in Jimmy G and you want to, you want to think for the future. But if you're going to try Lance, Lance is pretty, uh, is like, I feel like Lance is pretty raw yet. 
he definitely like you're not gonna be you like I don't think he's gonna be starting week one like in all reality. Um, so maybe you have to keep Jimmy G, and you know maybe that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's weird. A lot to lot to think about here, and definitely uh, it's like mid to late April. I know they released what the day was um, for the draft. Lots of times. So I want to say take it twenty. Yeah, that something might. like that. Something like that. Yeah, but somewhere around there. I feel like, like you said, like how you, when they have bad seasons, it's all because of injury. I feel like that might be what the new QB thing comes down to. Just like they don't yeah, want to have to win. They, they don't want to have skill. to play six games a year of Nick Mullins. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they don't want to have to deal with six to ten games of Nick Mullins every single year. I, and I don't blame them. Uh, I mm-hmm. definitely don't blame them. But um, it's going to be interesting there. Philly trades back. That's going to definitely change their outlook on draft. And I think yeah, I know why Philly taking at 12 already, but I won't um, won't say it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Miami's in a great spot now. So props to them. Props to them. Now we get into the real signing slash re- two re-signings that have happened. Um, Tampa Bay is re-signing uh, running back for one year, $40 million. Playoff Lenny had himself a crazy game. <laughs> Um, all crazy playoffs, just impactful players on that team in terms of the, uh, the the playoffs. Just really good, and that was the thing. that There were two guys that there were only two starters left that had not re-signed, and that was Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown is currently the only starter from that Super Bowl champion roster that is yet to be re-signed. Um, so that's interesting. All, tw- all 21 starters were re-signed, but their end-of-season starter, Antonio Brown, is, has, is yet to be signed. Yeah. Um, and I never thought they'd be able to rise back just with cap switching players, you know, at a Super Bowl. You want to go get your bag, but they've been able to run it. They're gonna, they're running it back with the base. I the exact same team. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. very interesting there. But Leonard Fournette had a great, you know, great playoff stretch, great end of the season. But an, an interesting one here, Pittsburgh Steelers re-signing uh, defensive tackle Tyson Alulu for two years. Because if, if you remember, um, just a couple weeks ago, Tyson Lulu agreed to a deal with his former team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that drafted him for two years, like six million or something, like very small. Yeah. And reportedly, he he had a change of heart um, because obviously at the time you couldn't actually officially sign a contract. It was an agreement in principle um, before the contract had actually been signed. And I guess he went back on his heart. He had a change of heart and decided to re-sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers for, for two years. So, an, an interesting thing, not something that happens uh, all too often in the NFL. Um, not something I can say I remember ever seeing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, Lulu uh, ditched the Jags again and came to Pittsburgh. So, I got to respect it. Uh, if, you're, if you're Pittsburgh, uh, the reports were just talking about decision about his family he's got you know kids in school and a life that's been ingrained in the community and, and, and stuff like that stuff that we don't think about because you know football for a lot of us we think of these athletes that all they have in their life is football but really they've got a family and a lot of other mm-hmm. decisions go into it than just you know what team has the best defense what team can i get the most minutes on and whatever so yeah and obviously tyson lulu is a that's a huge humongous signing he was great in defense last, great in rush defense, that is. Um, and whenever it was Isaiah Bugs and Chris Wormley in, it was definitely a different looking defense. <laughs> we got to run all over the middle, um, specifically in the Ravens game after he went down. And then at the end of the game, uh, Isaiah Bugs did come up clutch and get a nice tackle on the bar before he got the first down and eventually won the game. So, you know, it's not like serviceable talent back there, but I'd much rather have a Lulu. And uh, that's, that's a really funny story if you want to read into it. I don't know. Um, 
it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I he was like he was like basically like on a plane out to Jacksonville and then he got a backup positive coronavirus test and so he had to chill out and in the midst of that like all the time he just decided he didn't want to leave Pittsburgh and uh he talked to Cam Hayward a lot over texts and the different teammates and he, he liked him in Pittsburgh and as you mentioned he's a big family guy and he didn't want to mess up his kids childhood and, and everything moving around too much so a lot of respect for Tyson Lulu. Max, Max. Um, next, we get we got four signings to end off the new section since we've been uh, having the last episode. Buffalo is signing running back Matt Breida for one year. Um, I like the signing. Maybe the speediest running back. Maybe the pure fastest running back in football. Uh, potentially, potentially. Um, the former Forty Nine er went to the Dolphins last season. Didn't play too much with any stuff. Um, but two years ago, I had an absolutely crazy season for San Francisco. So uh, that was uh, interesting. Interesting, a breakout <laughs> breakout player there. And probably will be the immediate starter in Buffalo as Devin Singletary and Zach Moss aren't necessarily on every down backs by any means. So definitely be getting some playing time. Will he be the starter? I'm not 100% sure, but there's a good chance. Um, Baltimore is signing Sammy Watkins, father deal, to be their number one receiver for the upcoming season. Played the number two guy in Kansas City for the past couple of years. Former Buffalo Bill as well. Player, I always knew Watkins to Baltimore. I guess the, there's all the stuff Lamar was sharing names about him not being able to get Galladay, Smith Schuster, or Corey David. But Sammy's the guy, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I, I posted that on, on Twitter and I said, um, the Ravens finally get someone like finally get someone like a number one wide receiver i'm not saying i don't think i don't i think you got another you got a bunch of it's another team it's a bunch of teams with a really a whole bunch of really good number two wide receivers and i think the ravens are getting there at this point with like marquise brown and now sammy watkins and um you know uh, mark andrews is a really good tight end but it's not the same as like a wide receiver you don't stretch the field with mark andrews a whole lot um there's not a whole lot of separation in that team, I feel like. I mean, Marquise Brown definitely creates separation to an extent. But you know, the, the speed, Marquise Brown is a polarizing player because I feel like he's not that bad. But he's so he's in a he's in a Robbie Anderson type situation before Robbie Anderson developed more as a player where all you, all you are is fast. And sadly enough, you're not like you haven't developed the route tree yet. Um, but he definitely has like drop issues too, which is not something you really want. But I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about Marquise Brown just yet. That's something I need to to think about a little bit more. But it's an interesting signing. It's definitely like not really anyone else better <laughs> at this point. And you obviously need a wide receiver if you're you're Baltimore. So you get a yeah. solid guy there. Definitely, sure. I definitely think like I definitely like Sammy Watkins. I just don't think I think if you're the Ravens, I don't think that's what you're looking for a wide receiver at this point. I I, I agree. Uh, two more signings. Kansas City signing Jerron Reed for one one year. Um, he was the, a defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. They ended up cutting him to save some cap space, and Kansas City brings him in to shore up a defense, which was not very good in the running game last year, as we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, and Arizona mm-hmm. is signing veteran corner Malcolm Butler. Obviously, we all know him for, for the, the Super Bowl game-winning interception. He's a Patriot for many years, went to the Titans the past couple years. Defensive player well. of the year, the Titans last year. Yes, he was both of our defensive player of the year for the Titans immediately got cut. Like, I think he got cut before we got to say that he was the defensive <laughs> player of the year. Yeah. So, like, last like last episode, GP and offensive player of the year was Matt Stafford, even though he's not on that team anymore, technically. Um, mm-hmm. But... 
Sonny Malcolm-Bowler, they, the Titans kind of cut pretty much everybody, every starter in their secondary apart from Kevin Byard. And Arizona signing Malcolm Butler to help fill the void left by Patrick Peterson as he went and signed with the Vikings. So, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's the news that we have for, for uh, this episode here. And with that, we can hop into our season analysis for the NFC South and start with the winner of the NFC South, record-wise, on Saints. <laughs> uh, Saints went 12-4 and this season, lost in the NFC to the eventual Super Bowl champion of the Buccaneers. Um, offensively, they were 12th in total offense, 19th in passing yards, 6th in rushing yards, and they were 4th and 5th versus the pass versus the rush. They had four Pro Bowlers, Alvin Kershaw, Lattimore, um, three All-Pro second to Mario Davis. Once again, Ramchek gets snubbed from the Pro Bowl, makes an All-Pro. It's, it's stupid. It's a stupid system. Um, but the Saints were a crazy team this year because even when Drew Brees went down with that, those crazy injuries that he sustained in the season, um, and, you know, we were all thinking Taysom Hill would come in. They brought in – I'm sorry, we were all thinking James Winston would come in. They brought in Taysom Hill. They were winning games, performing relatively well. You know, uh, nobody thought they would win games there. They were doing it. They were able to stay afloat with Taysom Hill at the QB. Alvin Kamara had a beastly season without Michael Thomas for the you know, majority of the season. You know, he only played like two or three games in, in the regular season, didn't catch a single touchdown. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a really strange answer. I still think they still had a beastly <laughs> Yeah, Top five in, or, or fourth in total, uh, fifth versus the pass, fourth versus the rush, an absolutely amazing defense. They were also creating a lot of pressure. They had the league's second-highest sack artist in Trey Hendrickson, 13-and-a-half. They had um, seven-and-a-half sacks being produced by Cameron Jordan, a lot of, like, four from Demario Davis or something like that. Um, a lot of sacks being produced on that team. A great, great, great defense. Sadly, Drew Brees has retired, so it's going to look a lot different from that last, or next year. As Joe talked about before, um, they, they had to kind of restructure a lot of people and, and save a lot of cap space by cutting some people. So it's, it's going to be a, kind of a new-look Saints team next season. Um, but I'll say my MVP is um, probably the obvious here. Alvin Kamara, uh, man, 187 attempts, 932 yards, and 16 touchdowns, which is good for second in the league. Uh, 5.8 yards per carry, as well as having 83 receptions for 756 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. Man was an absolute beast, shifty, one of the most elite in the NFL. Um, absolutely crazy out of Tennessee. Um, can do it all. Really started to give him a workload this season since uh, Michael Thomas wasn't able to play for the majority. And he showed up and he showed out. So MVP, uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I also gave <clears throat> the MVP to Alvin Kamara. I really did want to give this to Drew Brees. For his last year in the NFL, having been the MVP of the team, I just couldn't do it. Looking at the stats, is I like when the season was on. I feel like he was playing well, but just um, sort of underwhelmed in a retrospective. Still, you know, solid year, and he did he got the job done. But he didn't even pass for three thousand yards. Um, but yeah, obviously, Alan Kamara, great year, nine thousand thirty-two. I mean, nine thousand nine hundred thirty-two rushing yards. And 16 touchdowns to pair with 756 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. So, awesome year from Alvin Kamara. Offensive player of the year, Alvin Kamara. Not much to say. Uh, An absolute stud to everything I said before. Um, He was getting it done in the running game and the passing game. I believe he was the team's number one uh, receiver as well. He might have been the number two receiver behind, like, Emmanuel Sanders. Either way, 750 on the rack is extremely impressive. Doing absolutely everything. And offensive player of the year for me as well. Yeah, he he actually did everything. <laughs> That's what, like he was, yeah, such a threat all over in the screens and the out of the backfield, rushing the ball. Of course, you know he did it all, and he was efficient at it with it too. He got so much volume, and he really didn't uh, 
well, that efficiency drop, which was a very impressive, you know, true. force. True. Um, defensive player of the year is an interesting one because I feel like most people would say Trey Hendrickson, but I'm going to go in a different direction. A guy that maybe doesn't have the flashier stats, but I uh, did my defensive player of the year for the Saints. Uh, 119 tackles, four sacks, and five passes defended for him. Not sacks, not statistics that absolutely jump off the page at you, um, but stats that for a, he holds this team together. You know, for the past couple of years, he's kind of been the glue that's been holding the Saints team together. Um, just such a, you know, it's a stable piece on that defense that, that they don't have always. They don't always have such stability and players in fluctuating situations. They don't always have a guy like Demario Davis that's just always there doing his thing, doing the right thing. He was an all-pro second teamer this year. One of the better linebackers in football over the past decade. My defensive player of the year goes to Demario Davis. I am most people. <laughs> I gave it to Trey Hendrickson. Uh, yeah, second place in sacks, 13.5. Um, all the, I, I begrudgingly gave it to Trey Hendrickson because we always talk about how he's, he's, a, he's a sack monster, but he really didn't have many tackles, didn't really have any forced fumbles, didn't really get his hands up in the pass game and defend any passes like that. Um, so I begrudgingly gave it to Trey Hendrickson, but... Another uh, situation, uh, like we said, another situation where uh, the team's award winner is not on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's on the Lions, right? I know he's on the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, that's I, I didn't like that change, or something. to be honest. You know, I liked it. They don't have. I mean, what, they don't have really a pass rusher. If you got a, yeah, a, a good defensive tackle, I guess. But I mean, a pass rusher is an important thing, and if you can get mm-hmm. a younger guy like a Trey Hendrickson to come in and somewhat fit the timeline of the Bengals, why not? I liked it well. Yeah, that's fair. I liked it well. I feel like there's better guys on the market, but Hendrickson is good for the value, hopefully. It's definitely uh-huh. not a strong edge rushing draft. So if you're going to yeah. want to get with someone through the draft, it's not a, especially at the spot where they're at, like number five, you're not going to be picking any of those guys to number five. Yeah. <laughs> Just in my yeah. opinion. True. Um, rookie of the year for the Saints might have been the hardest thing for me to say. There weren't. Um, a lot of crazy ones. You know, you could have said like Adam Troutman or Zach Baum or something. I, I went Marquez Callaway for my rookie. Um, he had 21 receptions for 213 yards. He's a wide receiver. It's not, you know, nothing special. But of all of them, you, know, you could have said C.J. Ruiz, I guess, the first rounder, uh-huh, the offensive lineman. <laughs> but, yeah, I went Marquez Callaway, 213 yards, not much of importance, I believe. Um, the tight end had Adam Troutman, I believe, had like more or less yards, but one touchdown. And you know, like Vaughn had like seven tackles or something. So, so like, <laughs> yeah, to do with it as you may. I went to Callaway. A lot of different could go with this, but they didn't have very many Callaway guys. Yeah, I got you. I got you a little bit here. Did a little bit of research <laughs> on this one, and by doing a little bit of research, I looked up Saints Rookie of the Year 2020. Um. And got a grade of each rookie, and um, just looked through the reasoning that the people made up. So man, this is not good. But Caesar, I gave Caesar Ruiz the first, yeah, the first round center. He played about 300 sack snaps. Um, did not allow a single sack. Um, so a pretty solid PFF grade just from like his small sample size. But like you know, definitely not a strong rookie class. Not a lot of playing time overall from the guys. But yeah, you know, it's a. a I've given a lot of rookie of the year stuff on offensive linemen, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think I've given, I think Michael on Wenu might be the only one I've given to an outline. No, I get, I, I definitely gave the Jets to Mackay back to, mm-hmm. I don't know. I might have given, I gave like, yeah, I gave Andrew Thomas. I know you gave Kevin Dotson, right? 
Yeah, and no. I think I gave I did give Kevin Dotson. Yeah, yeah so I did. I like, you gave Kevin Dotson and Caesar Ruiz, and you're you're more apt. To them. You got to respect it. I I got to respect mm-hmm. the O line praise. Um, <laughs> but the grade for the Saints is an interesting one because they went twelve and four, lost them, and you know, they had a good season, but a lot of players underperformed, but a lot of players overperformed. I gave them a B. Same thing as I gave the Steelers another twelve and four team. I just feel like there was so much that they could have done, and this is just I just feel like this was not the ending to a perfect Drew Brees career. You know, losing in the divisional round to Tom Brady, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with me. A B for the Saints, you know, above average season, but I feel like there's still a lot more that could have been accomplished. I give him a C plus because I'm really impressed with Sean with Sean Payton. My perception of Sean Payton, Payton greatly improved. He completely changed the offense and catered it to Taysom Hill, and Taysom Hill produced and put up really good stats. Um, and they won games, you know, like. It's not exactly um, like a perfect season by any means, of course, and definitely I wish they could have went farther and given a little bit more of a storybook ending to to Drew Brees' career. But, you know, it it is what it is. You can't really give him any lower than that. And it's a little bit higher than you because, yeah, I was impressed with how they handled the the injury to Drew Brees. You did I said B plus, and you said B. I think you said C plus. Oh no, no, my bad. <laughs> okay, okay yeah, yeah. Okay, I respect it. I respect it. Um, we go to the Super Bowl champion, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eleven and five. One, they are seventh offensively, um, second in the passing game, twenty eighth in the rushing game. Not very good in that aspect of the game. Sixth in total defense, twenty one versus the pass, and they were the number one rushing defense in the NFL. Um, and interestingly enough, they only had one Pro Bowler, which is uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, was their only Pro Bowler. Uh, they had two All Pro second team, and it was, neither of them were Jason Pierre Paul. So it's a, a, a strange, a strange occurrence. Just goes to show you how little Pro Bowler. Pro Mike Bowl Evans wasn't a Pro really. Bowler. I feel yeah. like Mike Evans should have been a Pro Bowler. Uh, but... Well, they they gave it to like Devonte Adams and okay. DeAndre Hopkins and like, uh, DK fair. Metcalf and like Justin Jefferson. I think were the four. So I I would have given. I give it to him over DK. No, I mean. Yeah, at the yeah, time, DK was average. At the time of the Pro Bowl, like when the Pro Bowl stuff was coming out, DK was getting 100 yards like every single game. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. I think Mike Evans is better, but I think DK had a better season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's fair. We'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I said, two all pro second teamers, Devin White, Levante, David. Um, crazy season for them. Obviously, the Tom Brady comes in, and there's a lot of stuff like, well, they've got a pretty talented roster, but like you know, I thought they were going to get ten and six and like losing like the first or second round. You know, I did not think mm-hmm. that they were going to come in. They looked shaky and inconsistent for for a lot of the season. They came in with Tom Brady, and like when it came to playoff time, they took all that talent, one of the more talented rosters, if not the most talented roster in football, put it to the test, and just went to town. Um, when uh, just a really crazy game, it didn't really like it wasn't much of like a super competitive game. To be honest, you know, as much as we would have liked it to be, it wasn't that competitive. Buccaneers won it pretty handily. And a, a crazy year for Tampa Bay. Crazy year for Tampa Bay. Offensively and deep. Um, and my MVP is none other. Than, um, you can say maybe he didn't have the stats on or whatever it is, but how valuable. He still had 4,600, good for third in the league, 40 touchdowns, second in the league, only behind the MVP, Aaron Rock, 12 interceptions. Um, the impact, the impact. I mean, you saw it from a 7-9 and nine team. This is the playoffs. They get Tom Brady. They're an eleven and five team. Like you, you can see the impact that Tom Brady has. That you can see how valuable he is to the team there. 
And you can see how he elevates his, you know what I mean? He elevates the entire team, plays so much better under Tom Brady, especially to playoff time and trying to carry you, whatever. Tom Brady's the most valuable player in football and the history of football, and he's the good player in the Buccaneers land. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also gave Tom Brady that MVP. And it's like, yeah, like you said, he definitely didn't have the best offensive stat line. Um, and, you know, there's definitely – there's but you can't give it to anybody else. Tom Brady, just the competitive edge, as you mentioned, elevating the players around him. And the fact that, like – Anthony Brown, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, three players that all scored in the Super Bowl basically just became came there because of Tom Brady. <laughs> and that's something, you know, that's very interesting. And, you know, a team last year, a quarterback that produced a little bit more, had much more turnovers, of course, with Jameis Winston. But um, the team was largely the same. They didn't add, like, they only added a few, like, more kind of uh, exciting pieces with Gronk and Anthony Brown and, of course, Leonard Fournette. You know, and the draft, they had some more pieces, but they, it wasn't a completely different team. They didn't reinvent the wheel um, with when they brought yeah. Tom Brady on, and it just it reinvented the team. It, it added that spark, and as you mentioned, from a, you know, a, a playoff team, I mean, a non playoff team, to a, a wild card team that made the whole way to the Super Bowl. So, got to give that MVP to Tom Brady. Kind of, kind of begrudgingly. Well, I, I was. Coming into the year, I didn't really like the signing. I had a lot of Buccaneers say it throughout the year. Um, but I had the end of the year, by the time this book came around, I, I had a respect for the team. And they were fun to watch. And it was it was nice. Like I, I, I'm kind of excited to see what the Buccaneers can bring to the table next year and see what they can do. Um, Just a, a side note. <laughs> though they were very fun to watch. Like, there was definitely not a – I thought that it was not – um, I, I always thought that was a good signing for Tampa Bay. Um, just the upgrade they have and getting the greatest quarterback of all time in your culture um, cannot be understated. Offensive player yeah. of the year, I did. I want the guy that we've been talking about, Mike Evans. There were a lot of guys. You could have given things. You could have given Ronald Jones, actually. I went, I went Evans, 70 receptions. Barely, he did hit the 1,000 yards, 1,006 yards, um, and 13 touchdowns, which is fourth in the league. Um, we know I, I'm pretty high on Mike Evans. Um, I think, given the right scenario, he's one of the best receivers in the game. He can go up and get it from anywhere. And insanely strong, insanely sure hands. He's got the body of a you know thin tight end. He's got the frame. He's got a frame like Megatron out there. Um, an amazing receiver, probably top six or seven in the NFL. If I had to put a pin on it at this point, um, over a thousand yards, thirteen touchdowns. Got to give Mike Evans OPOY. Yeah. Um. So, so this. So I. I just thought of this whenever you're talking. So the reason why I really didn't like the, the Tom Brady signing because I like the fit better in other places. Um, obviously, coming into the season, uh, the rumors were you know his arm is getting weaker and Tom Brady's old and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a different Tom Brady coming in here. Tom Brady showed up and he was in great shape, played well, was able to push the ball down the field with relative ease, and had a good connection with his receivers. But I I really like I kind of like San San Diego. You got. A really good short, you can run it third to Keenan Allen, a wide receiver I really like, that um, runs shorter routes, and you don't have to worry about the arm strength as much. You have a really good tight end with Hunter Henry. Um, a really a good running back with Austin Eckler. Um, and I really don't like Ronald Jones. So, you know, like you don't have much of a run game there to help him out much either. That's what my thought process was before the season. But, of course, when I signed there and um, kind of the rumors of his big arm would put to shame, that's whenever the perception tended to change, and throughout the season, obviously, you know, proved us all wrong. But anyway, on offense play of the year, I had the same exact player as you, Mike Evans. A great year, thousand six yards, thirteen touchdowns, you know, relatively efficient, and just yeah, just a really really good player out there. I I don't like Mike Evans as much as you, but I definitely think Mike Evans is a 
one of the top receivers in the NFL. Top yeah. 10 for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I like what you said. Yeah, at the time, I definitely did as well. Um, like the Chargers as uh, a better destination for Tom Brady than than the Buccaneers, but hindsight's obviously true. You know what I mean? They had two top ten mm-hmm. receivers at the time on Tampa Bay's roster, and they had a defense that I guess Tom looked at and knew the potential of it, and it lived up to that potential. You know what I mean? With a lot of the, the progression yeah. from different guys, <laughs> they bring in some free agents and, uh, and 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 players from the draft, and that the defense really blooms into something that we knew it could be. Um, and let's be real: Would you rather play with Anthony Lynn? Or with Bruce Arians, like I guess he yeah. got a little bit ahead there at the time. I didn't really think Lanton Lynn was was an awful coach, but he was not a good coach. <laughs> true, true. So, and, yeah. and this kind of win for both for both situations because if Tom Brady signed with the Chargers, then they probably never would have drafted some Herbert, and you know what I mean. Then they, they got their guy too. It's a it, it's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but defensive player of the year is going to go to a guy for me who I believe is maybe like the most underrated player in the NFL, maybe. Um, the most underhyped player in the I won't say underrated. I'll say the most overhyped, underhyped player in the NFL. Um, does not get the recognition he deserves. Devin White. Devin White came in and put up 140 tackles, which for a middle linebacker is crazy. Until you also consider that he had nine sacks. That is insane. That is absurd. Um, who in the that's like gotta be one of the first times ever a player had 140 tackles and nine sacks. That, I've never seen like nine sacks a feet, usually only ever accomplished by good, great edge rushers. Rookie of the year, usually, a, I'm sorry, not rookie of the year. Um, I don't know where I went with that. <laughs> 140 <laughs> tackles being something that you, you usually see from from the team with their own middle linebacker. But the combination of those is to see. And that just goes to show you the versatility that, that they that they have there with Devin White and the places they're able to play him on the field. To get with that, he had a forced fumble and defended on the year. Um, all over the two sideline DB linebacker, and I'm giving Devin White, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Defensive Player of the Year. I was thinking the same exact thing when I was looking at the stat line of, of Devin White. How was this not getting talked about? He loved the team in tackles by a wide margin with 140, like you said, and then he was a half a sack off from leading the team in sacks with nine. Yeah. He also had an interception, I think, and like maybe a force home or whatever, but the, you know, he was you know, crazy numbers there, but like, talk about flying all around the field. He absolutely developed into a real star this year. Like I, I, I was so surprised when I saw that. I was like, "How is it not getting talked about?" The Devin White just had one of the one of the best defenses of the years in the whole NFL. Yeah, um, so obviously player of the year. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, rookie of the year, finally, Antoine Winfield, um, out of Maryland, I believe he's from. Man's an absolute beast. The best, best. I mean, if not the best, he's close to it. Um, in terms of safeties in this year's draft. A uh, man that's been able to to put a hit on some people down low with 94 tackles, uh, get some you know, get some good coverage with um, interception, six passes defended. Also had three sacks and four fumbles. Here, kind of a do it all type of safety. And I, I, I as a rookie coming in, being nominated for that rookie of the year award, and I like what he was able to do coming in in his rookie year. And he is my rookie of the year for the um, Buccaneers. So yeah, I also gave Antoine Winfield Jr. The uh, rookie of the year there as well. Just had a really good year. Um, playoff run, obviously. The iconic uh, taunting of Tyree Kill in the Super Bowl. That's really that's a, an icy move right there. That's a, a cold picture for sure. And I know you could give it to the offensive lineman. Um, that I can't remember his name at the moment. But I gave it to one field as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And now Panthers. Oh, no, no, no. We didn't do our We never graded. We didn't do our grade. We didn't do our yeah. It's an obvious grade, but we will still grade. A plus <laughs> for me. Buccaneers, if you win the Super Bowl, you're getting an A. Uh, what? I gave them an, an F minus. No, obviously I gave them an A plus as well. Yeah, I was sitting I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, you, you got to give them an A plus no matter what, no matter how much yeah. of, a, of a hit you are. You're really not going to give the team that won the Super Bowl an A plus. That would be wild. <laughs> facts, facts. They got an A-plus for both of us. Uh-huh. Now we can hear this. Um, they went 5-11, and 11, missed the playoffs. Sad times. Um, 21st offensively, 18th in passing, 21st in rushing. 18th um, defensively, 18th versus the pass, 20th versus the rush. No pro bowlers, no all-pro uh, at all. No recognition. And this is when the MVP was tough for me, and there were a couple guys I wanted to give it to. I'm sure I know who Joe's going to give it to. The guy I'm giving it to is... Um, the, 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 the MVP here is, it's, it's an interesting case. And I'm still, yeah, I'm still not a hundred. I know who I know who I have written and that's what I'm going to go with, but it's not set in stone in my eyes. The, the, the guys I could have, I wanted to Robbie. There's a, a part of me that he was like, maybe like Mike David. I ended up giving it to, um, hmm. I like defensive, it. defensive and edge roster. He had 58 tackles, nine sacks, three forced fumbles and four passes. I have a feeling I'm going to give it to. Um, I think you <laughs> think wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think I I feel like I know it, but we'll see. Um, I'll write it down. I'll type it. Okay. I'll type it right there. If it's, it will, we'll see if it's correct or not. But I, Brian, I'm Burns pretty sure is, I know who you think it is. Anyway, okay, all right. <laughs> Brian Burns MVP, like I said, because defensively he holds down that fort so much. He was like one of, if not the only, like him and Jeremy Chin were like the only net positive defenders on like that entire team. I um, mean, nine sacks on a team where you're getting double teamed left and right because nobody else is creating any sort of pressure to help you. It's it's rough. It's it's rough. And Brian Burns has been able to supplement with that and have a really really good past couple years. And I think he's the the team MVP because I feel like there were some plays offensively they may have had a little bit off statistics, but I think they're more valuable to that defense and in turn to that team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that was in there in contention. So obviously, I I think you think I gave it to Robbie Anderson, which is which is the thought because I'm a humongous Robbie Anderson fan. And, um, you uh, give it to. You I gave it to DJ Moore, the, the person you talked about. Um, uh, where is it? Where is it? I wrote it. Not I there. Was <laughs> I, I was correct. You, you were correct. Somewhere. Huh. Right there. Okay, right there. You were correct. Interesting. That's, that's cool. I, right okay. That, that's interesting. You you did correct it. I want to give it to Robbie Anderson really bad. That's who I thought you thought I'd give it to. But um, as a fantasy owner of Robbie Anderson, I wasn't really following the Panthers a whole lot, to be honest. Um. I was following the downfall of the Steelers, the tragic downfall. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, Robbie Anderson produced really well started throughout the beginning of the year, and then it started to cool off. And I was like, "What? Well, what's going on?" But I didn't. Obviously, I didn't like him too too much. I just stashed him on the bench a little bit more and played Justin Jefferson and Julio Jones and Keenan Allen and the, the rest of the gang there. Um, and then looking at the stats, it's because DJ Moore was going off. He had one thousand one hundred ninety-three yards, which is like it's like, I don't know, like a little bit more than 100 yards more than Robbie Anderson. But four touchdowns, which is like one more. But then you look at the average, he had 18 yards per reception. And DJ Moore had 18 yards per reception for the whole entire year. Yeah. I just thought Robbie Anderson was like 11. Um, so obviously the volume's a little bit more there for Robbie Anderson. But I just, I just thought it was crazy. I had to give it to him after I saw that. 18, it was 18, like 0.2 or something. 18 
more than 18 yards per reception on an average. Plus, he also yes. got to rush the ball. So he had a, a rushing impact. That's I thought that's a crazy year. Um, I I was very impressed by seeing that. But obviously, that's got to be the first to... time in his career that Robbie Anderson did not lead his team in yards per reception. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 11 yards per reception is still really good for Robbie Anderson. But besides 18, I'm just not as impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yards per reception. Well, 18 is crazy. It's never been a stat that really I, I feel that like I, I I've always felt kind of indifferent about that stat. I don't feel like it's all that telling because I feel like the better in general, the better receivers have lower yards per reception in general, just because of the sheer amount of time they're receiving the ball. Yeah, he also had less yards and more touch. He also had more yards and more touchdowns. The yeah, I so. agree. I agree. Uh, DJ Moore is my offensive player of the year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, a you know, almost twelve hundred yards and four touchdowns and only sixty six receptions. That's you know, cra- that's crazy talk there for for a wide receiver. Um, and, yeah. and and really good stats there, getting the throws from from my main man Teddy Two Gloves, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson were a great wide receiver duo. Throw Curtis Samuel in there, great wide receiver trio last season. But uh, I do think as well as you, that, or at least the, if they used DJ Moore had the best season. Of the running backs on and deserves my offensive play of the year. So yeah, so obviously I gave it to DJ Moore too. I just talked for like five minutes about how impressed I was. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I got. I was half. I was kind of expecting to give him an MVP or uh, an offensive play of the year award or something. Um, because he was he had a good year, like relatively. But in last, he passed for like five hundred yards, and the next week he passed for like. 203 interceptions or something. You know, he was, he was mm-hmm. largely last year, sadly enough. Um, that's why a lot of people are mocking a, a quarterback to the Panthers next year. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking with that. But and lots of – I don't want to go into that too much. But it's it's an interesting situation the Panthers are in. Cause they have a – they're really – they have a – they're really a, a better defense. Like, <laughs> a better defense in kind of a quarterback way. So, I like – their defense wasn't isn't even like that far off in reality, but it, it's sad to see because obviously we like Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater mostly because you like Teddy Bridgewater and talked about him a lot. So I started to like Teddy Bridgewater too a little bit. Um, he definitely did not have the year that I thought he did. Yeah, for sure. He was for sure. playing a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, next pick, easy for me. Defensive player of the year goes to Brian Burns, who was my MVP. Nothing, you know, to not repeat everything in the world. A great player, a great dude. Um, and yeah, Brian Burns, the man, the myth, the legend, doing crazy stuff with very little help. See if it's a play of the year. Yeah, I also gave DPOY to Brian Burns, nine sacks, and a, a team with largely no pass rush at all, and not really any turnovers. A, a light in the dark, him and Jeremy Chin. Yeah, yeah. And so he wins defense and play of the year. Jeremy Chin wins rookie. Um, 117 tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles, an interception, two touchdowns on the crazy season for the young safety, a defensive rookie of the year candidate there. Um, he was. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't, he, he's such a – he can play A. He's so versatile is the word I'm looking for in terms of being able to play linebacker or safety. You know, even corner at times they had him playing. And he can really play any position on the field and be extremely productive at it, very, on a very opportunistic player um, in a lot of different aspects of the game. And Jeremy Tim was an absolute stud this season. So uh, rookie of the year, definitely for me. Yeah, I also gave Jeremy Chin the rookie of the year award. Just well, there really wasn't a whole lot of rookies there either. But Jeremy Chin definitely was was the best out of them. Yeah, 117 tackles for a safety. That is 
quite the impressive year. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. And the grade, as much as it pains me to say it, because I love, I like the Panthers, I love Teddy Bridgewater especially, as much as it pains me to say it, my grade is bad. D-plus for the Panthers. And nothing was going, I don't see like any redeeming factors for the Panthers this year. Yeah. I guess Robbie Anderson improved his route tree. Uh, and I guess that's the big improvements on the year. Robbie Anderson's route Ryan tree. Because that was it. That was it. I mean, he's he's good, but he was good before. Like, I don't really know how much he got better. You know what I mean? It just seems like the team moved very laterally. Teddy Bridgewater did not seem to get any better. The team in general, Mike Day, you saw some uh, progression and Mike Davis looked really good, but he's not on the team anymore. So, like, what good does it do to yeah. you? So, I don't know. D, D plus. A lot of bad stuff. I did not really see many redeeming qualities or qualities that make me like, oh yeah, maybe maybe the Panthers are going to be future. So yeah, um, I gave him a C minus. I guess I'm a little more generous on my my grade givings than you. I give. I always tend to be like one like one step up from you. I guess a little bit, but I'm on the same thought level as you. I don't really see like a reason to like get five wins, and that's like really bad. But yeah. you know. Like there's definitely not a lot of a lot of bright spots looking forward here for the Panthers. Sadly, not maybe a, a really high draft pick in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's what they have to look forward to. That's what they have to look forward to. Not that fun. Um, but yeah. now the last team in the division, the Falcons, went four and twelve, missed the playoffs. They were 18th offensively, fifth in the passing game, 27th in the rushing game, 21st defensively, dead last in the league in versus the pass, in six versus the rush. Interestingly enough. Um, one Pro Bowler, Young Way Koo, um, and one All Pro second teamer, Calvin Ridley. Interesting. Yeah, it was a team that I was super high on. You were you were relatively high on me. I would always pick them to win because I feel like every once in a while their offense would just pick it up and go crazy and start hitting on all cylinders and destroying everything in its path. But it like never. It, it it just like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? The the offense was so good. Every once in a while, they just show up, and Julio Jones would be, Calvin Ridley would be on his money, Todd Gurley would be getting touchdowns, and Matt Ryan would be throwing dogs. Hayden Hurst would be doing the same. The O line was like, and it would just this team would look unstoppable. But then all of a sudden, it would just the next game, it wouldn't be there. And it's so strange to know when the Falcons were going to blow up and when they weren't. There was no predicting. There really wasn't. So my yeah. MVP went to the only all pro player on their team, the all pro second teamer, Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver. Um, I think Julio is the best receiver on the team, but he was injured a lot. Didn't lose very much. Julio went for like about 700 yards. Calvin Ridley went for, you know, almost 1400 yards fifth in the NFL. Calvin Ridley was a beast. We know he was good coming out of Bam, but we didn't necessarily know that he was almost 1400 yards good and nine touchdowns. But the man performed extremely well, and you got to give respect where respect is due to the Bama product, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I did not expect Calvin Ridley to uh, to blow up the way he did. I also gave him MVP just on a on a team with not a lot of bright spots. He was, like, nationally – I'm not nationally, like, like league-wide recognized as a really good wide receiver this year. So, definitely – I agree. Uh, a bright spot, yeah. With, if Julio was there, it definitely was, like, he wasn't – getting the volume, but Julio Jones was injured a lot of like hamstring issues or something. Um, and again, as a I've fantasy owner of a lot of guys in this division, I guess it was not, yeah. it was not a pretty, <laughs> you can't just not start Julio, but like you really, I really do not want to start Julio sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Facts. I didn't have Julio, but I, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> offensive player of the year is Calvin Ridley as well. Not much to say. Um, a great receiver through and through potential top 10. He's up in the area. So, yeah, almost a one thousand four hundred yards, nine tackles, and yeah, yards perception rating there 
15.3 yards per reception, which is very impressive. So, so um, is yards per reception. <laughs> yep. Um, defensive, do that. Yeah. defensive player of the year is a tough one. This is the one that above all of them, I said I probably have an, uh, a little bit less of a traditional pick. I feel like the traditional picks would probably be like Deion Jones or Grady Jarrett. My pick is for defensive player of the year this season for the Atlanta Falcons is Foyasada Lulicum. The man, the man had a crazy <laughs> year. Judging by that, it looks like you probably had him too. Um, crazy year for Foyasada Lulicum. Uh, 117 tackles, three sacks, four forced fumbles, two interceptions, four passes defended. Absolutely filling up the stat sheet from every point of view. And it's just like every once in a while, he would just like go off and have a crazy game for like, uh, you know, a sack and like two forced fumbles and like 18 tackles. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like for, he just had a, uh, a very good season, filling up that stat sheet every which way. Aluakon had a, 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 a nuts year, and it was really a breakout year because they, nobody really knew who this guy was until week one where he blew up. And then just seemingly week eight, week in and week out, he was having very good weeks solidifying this, this, this Falcons defense and winning my defensive player of the year. I know I I really wanted like to um to us to have some differences like so we can talk about them. Uh, I really thought you had Deion Jones. I feel like you talk about how good you think Deion Jones is, or maybe Grady Jarrett. But um yeah, I also gave to Fight Sadaluka on. The thing with the thing is, I've been putting in like I was like check over the stats and I read through all the stats and I I like think about it a lot more. Like I used to not think about the episodes that much, and then I I have worse picks and then would have differences, but now. We both look into the stats, like and and find the player that we think is the best. And a lot of times, it's the same person. So we, it's not as not as much different. I'm gonna have to go back to not doing any work. So we have more fun. <laughs> That's it. I'm just joking. Either way, 117 tackles, three sacks, two interceptions, and then, yeah, and it's like every time I'd analyze a Falcons game, he'd be among the defensive leaders and and tackles especially. So yeah, uh, or yeah, real breakout year there for you. For I mean, for him and among yeah, yeah, for me. really bad. Not really going to give it to anybody else. <laughs> true, true. They were surprisingly sixth in the league versus the rush. Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett stuff in the run game. Got to respect it. Got to mm-hmm. respect it. But rookie of the year, I just went with the first round rookie, the corner, AJ Terrell. Um, 74 tackles, three forced fumbles, an interception, seven passes <laughs> defended for the young rook. They were dead last in the league in passing yards, and I believe no. If I'm not mistaken, no players in the NFL gave up more receiving yards than A.J. Terrell, uh, I, I believe. But he did show some promise. I think I had him mocked as a first-round pick in the in the uh, the redraft, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, I still think he's got a lot of time to grow. You know, he'll have oh, some better some better players around him next season, and it'll definitely be. But be kind of somewhat of a defense, so hopefully he'll be able to get some time, some experience, and uh, so our stuff will, will start to click for him a little bit. Yeah, this is um, my the, the rookie of the year pick. Is always just a look it up and let ESPN and PFF kind of give me an idea and give me some reasoning here. I also gave him um, solid stat line. He was really only the rookie that got a bunch of pain playing time for the Falcons. But mostly he showed, according to according to ESPN, he just shows oodles and oodles of potential. And that's just just great to hear. And then, <laughs> not really going to give – I don't even know who else was really drafted late in the later mm. rounds. But, you know, yeah. no one – no big names to be yeah. sure. And the grades, though they have a lower grade, I gave them a higher – I mean, though they have a lower record, I gave them a higher grade than the C-. minus, Not by much. Um <laughs> But slightly, C minus, just because I feel like they had some more redeeming qualities where we can, you know, would just randomly get a glimpse into what this offense could be. 
Um, and you know, obviously the the team is a little bit more a little bit more young and geared around uh, around today than 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 the Panthers with their style of play that they had to run without McCaffrey. I I, I just I I like what the Falcons. You know, you know what I mean. They're they're gonna be a lot more a lot different and without Gurley as the running back. Probably gonna have Mike Davis from Carolina to be honest in the, in the starting spot. Um, but. I I don't know I don't know I like the Falcons season what they were able to do I like the explosive offense and the glimpses of of things to come that we saw from the Falcons I just feel like the writing was on the wall for the Falcons while the the Panthers seem to be stuck in a in mid you know mediocrity forever or <laughs> well you know they they don't have a, div, a definitive plan at this point in the rebuild so yeah I actually gave them worse than you which is that's kind of a first i gave them a d um you know they, they won less and i was i'm a little bit more disappointed with them because our offense is, is stacked uh, i thought todd Gurley would do good todd Gurley didn't do good um holy jones was injured a lot that's disappointing um calvin really did good which is good um the defense of course although you really didn't have high expectations just based on the amount of talent they had it definitely uh was not very good <laughs> um so I, I see your reasoning for having them higher, but I just they have oh, I just they just didn't have a good record. Well, are they drafting at four? Are the Falcons drafting at four, or are they drafting at like at five? Um, I, I can actually can look it up. At, yeah, they're drafting at four. At four. Cincinnati's drafting at four. Okay. And up until yeah. the Niners made that trade, I had I probably would have had Atlanta taking Justin Fields at four. But now hmm. I, I'm really I'm, I'm gonna have to put a lot of thought into into Atlanta's pick now. Yeah. If they draft a quarterback, then there's not really much reason to keep Matt Ryan around. And if you're going to keep Matt Ryan around, I mean, you're going to get rid of Matt Ryan. You might as well just get rid of Hoyo, too. Um, well, I feel like maybe the, so maybe the quarterback is Trey Lance or Justin Fields to where they need a year or two to develop into starting quarterbacks. And you still keep Matt Ryan mm-hmm. up until the contract is over. And then either he decides to retire with the Falcons or go try to play... Off the contract, you know, to Matt Ryan get through is... the pain of trading him and you know, kind of let him walk out on his own and, and do right by Matt Ryan. All right, I guess how old Matt Ryan is. Again. I'm going to look it up. 30, 30, 30, 35. If he's 36, then that's going to be smack in the middle. <laughs> he's 35, so yeah, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I should have known that because um, Aaron Rodgers is 37. I know they're not the same age, so. <laughs> Matty Ice, baby. It's not like the cool. That might be my favorite nickname. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. That's up there. All right, get ready on Wednesday. It's my favorite nickname. Get... It's close to it. Matty Ice is such a dope name, dude. Holy yeah. moly. All right. All right, get ready on Wednesday. We're going to be doing our top 10 favorite nicknames. Yes. <laughs> I'll post that on Instagram in the same old format that I used on all the other top 10 lists. Well, well, I hope. Matty Ice. I... So, MMG. We talked about MMG on here a little bit. MMG, like a year ago, he was doing like all time teams, as all team teams for each team in the NFL. Um, I used to watch KKS so. do that back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the Asian guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Back that's what I thought. I used to watch him on Keith Miller. I never watched a lot of him, but I watched the Steelers team. See, um, I don't watch many Madden videos back in the day. MM, back in the day when I used to, at the time I used to watch Madden videos, MMG was actually just meant Madden Mobile Gods, and he only made Madden Mobile content. So I didn't watch him very much. I watched KKS, Yo Boy Pizza. Um, there were a couple Yo other Boy people. Pizza. Yeah, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You got to respect it. He is. Yo Boy Pizza. 
I followed um, some dude on TikTok, I, like, right when I got TikTok, like, maybe the day or the day after I got it. And I just recently learned that that dude is one of the guys that's in all of Yo Boy Pizza's videos. He's, like, <laughs> but he's like friends with Yo Boy Pizza, and he's in all the videos. And I had no clue. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. I didn't – I don't follow I, – I Yo Boy Pizza used to be interesting. I just feel like I don't – like Yo, no. If I'm gonna watch Madden, which isn't very often, I I will watch MMG now. Now that he does, yeah, more than just Madden Mobile scamming scammers videos and stuff. But those were the, I love those. I love that. That's the reason why. I the first video I watched from MMG was the was the scammer get scammed video. Was it the, was it the Chunky Ragu? I think it, I think it was actually Colonel Sanders. Uh, or, I think Chunky Ragu was the most famous Hugh one. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> it's like Chunky Ragu. Yeah, Chunky Ragu is the famous one. Yeah, and they made the card art for it. That was funny. That was really yeah. Funny. The Fortnite ones were like interesting. That was when Fortnite was popular. But I never like really. I played Fortnite like at my friend's house a few times, but it was never like I never really liked it that much. See, I've never been a big fan of Fortnite. I, I don't really like it that much anymore. But back in the day, just the memory, like the goofing off on Fortnite when quarantine first started. Like this was like not necessarily the peak popularity of it, but when quarantine first started and I would just get on there with my buddies and we'd do all these random like crazy strategies on Fortnite to try to like get a win without killing anybody or like get a win while never touching the mm-hmm. ground or like all these like really weird challenges. Like stuff like that was definitely the, the peak days of quarantine. Peak days of Fortnite for me as well. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it was. I just like um. I never really played any of those games like that growing up. So I'm always like so trash. Whenever I play at my friend's house, like I played Call of Duty. I would play Call of Duty for like running. Like I was at my friend's house, and that's like we like the whole like the whole entire time. It was like it was so because it was like I was kind of upset because it was like on a really nice day out, and we're like in seventh grade, and I'm like, why don't we? do something else other than sitting here but <laughs> it, it was interesting but I, <laughs> that's that's funny um i just played call of duty earlier today like at like i don't know what time i played call of duty I, and i didn't play today. I, it, it was fun it was fun whenever i like uh, eventually whenever i like actually figured out what i was doing i said story because they're like i like i'm not really that much friends with those people anymore but they like that's all like they're big gamers and that's what they do and they just play Call of Duty all the time, and they play like games like that all the time. So that, like, obviously, I got destroyed no matter how hard I tried. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Suck. Suck on that, I guess. I'm, I'm usually not that good, but I played a snipers only game on Call of Duty today, and I actually went off. I went nuts for some oh, reason, yeah. which I'm usually not very good with the sniper, but I did go nuts today. Good. Good job. I did. <laughs> my one friend. My my one friend. I'm gonna. I'll say. I'll say his name because I'm pretty sure he's actually like has like recruiting pages. He plays football and he plays basketball. His name is Connor Palman. Um, and he's like almost six eight. Um, oh, and he, he, you know, as as being six eight, you obviously weigh. He plays football though, and he, I like he all he's likes football way more than he likes basketball, and he like works out and you know is trying to like get big for football, but I feel like. He would be better at basketball, and I feel like you have a better shot at going pro because there's just not that many people that are six eight, and being six eight and playing football is not the optimal height, <laughs> you know. Like he plays offensive lineman, and he's just like really really big. Like he can't get in like the stance like everyone else. Like he gets like the like, three point stance instead of like having two hands on the ground, you know. Yeah. Um, just you know, and, like then no, hey, he's, he's six eight. Like I understand, like. <laughs> um, 
I just feel like being six eight and being a basketball player, you just have a much higher chance of like actually because he want, he really wants to go to D Milan. Um, and he definitely like he he doesn't start though. He's the same age as me. He doesn't start and neither okay. of the sports. But I feel like that's the problem. Like, he he plays both. Like you need. I feel like you, if you're gonna play offensive lineman, you don't play basketball because basketball doesn't really like promote weight gain. <laughs> you know. But then you're I'm also just... too big to like quick and and do stuff. And I I really want and I like I always try to get him to like focus on basketball and because I really feel like it. Be a really good basketball. Player. I'm pretty sure he has actually like recruiting because of his size. So he's like put his name out there a lot. Um, oh, I mean, so I, I don't know this kid, so obviously I, I don't know what he would be good at. But theoretically, <laughs> I mean, while it makes sense that generally the taller kids play basketball, I mean there are a lot more open roster spots on a football team than there are on a basketball team. Yeah, you know, a college basketball team probably has like 20 roster spots, and a you know, like say a but like a a D1 college team has like. Like seventy roster spots. Yeah. So I, I talked like to some like to some of the kids that like do track and play football, and they say Connor's like, nah, I don't know. Um, I don't want to be mean, but they, they don't really say he's that good. If you're listening to this, Connor, I'm sorry. I think you're good. I, I don't want to be mean. I, I feel like Connor is good. I feel like Connor just needs just needs to get his chance. You know, but you know he'll be kid, he'll be solid. Like he's good. Sure he's he said he has like a ninety-eight percent chance of, of of like starting next year in football, just because he'll be in eleventh grade. Um, but I, I, he's I like I do like Connor. I've been Connor, friends with Connor since like second grade. We're good buds. Good man. Good man. <laughs> we got yeah, We're I'm, gonna get the D one prospect on the show. Facts. Facts. I've got a six-eight buddy too. He goes to my school and he does play basketball, but he does not play football. Chase. No, Chase is like six foot on the dot. Nice. I'm. He's a bucket. The same as Chase. Chase, Chase a dropped thirty. He did. He did. Chase is an absolute bucket. Chase's dad or so, someone has like a like I think like a an Instagram account for his him and his brother. Yeah. And yeah. They followed us, and I so I followed back, and now I always see like every time I go on the Colton and Joe show Instagram, which is like once a week at most. <laughs> I don't go on there that much to be honest. Um. And I, I always see the like the highlights. And I, I, Eli, um, I don't know what his name is. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I got so I'm in like the fantasy league with Colton and his friends from from Waynesburg because I don't really have any friends that like fantasy football that much. Um, so this guy requests trades, requested like thirty trades like throughout the season. I swear. Um, and because you can't like send chats on there, like, I don't know how to to like counter trades. I just got a Snapchat, <laughs> um, and I saw that I don't know if he plays wrestling or whatever, but oh, he yeah. won something. And he was like taking the bite on the gold medal. That's a savage thing to put in your story. Yeah, Waynesburg, uh, our 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 wrestling team is actually uh, absolutely beastly. Uh, we we took home the state the state championship title this weekend, and and back back home in the Berg, in my school. Yes, sir. So we're getting, and we're wrestling up. We're triple A school. We wrestled up in double A and still took the state championship title. Let's go. We're beast, man. And we also had like three, three individual state titleists, state title gold winners, and like a couple second second places and one fifth place. So we that's, that's are a wrestling powerhouse. That's cool. That is awesome. We're Riverside, let's see. Riverside is like the track coach is like 161 and 0. Um, and that's awesome. They're really good at baseball, swimming. They won two straight. 
like wheel champions or whatever. Uh, definitely not a powerhouse. My, there was and like he was like my friend in like fifth, fourth grade. His name is um what's his name Grant Grant McKay. Grant McKay. We used to talk sports in fifth grade and we used to talk about Steelers and like San Antonio homes and whatever. He was really cool. And then he like he moved um to, to a bigger school. And I always thought his mom teaches, so I was kind of thought he did just for wrestling, but uh, that's not confirmed yeah. because you're not allowed to wrestle. You're allowed to like the the roles. If you just move just for a sport, then you're um you're ineligible to play for a couple of years or whatever. So I'm not saying that's true. But that's just what I was thought. Um, and he's really, really good at wrestling. He's ripped. He was in, in like when I was young. He always he always like won. Like I was there with the announcements, like what he won and stuff. Um, that was really cool. But he's like he's he's so he's so ripped. And um, tell him to come to he's range, Really cool. I have snap. I've never said anything to him. Let <laughs> him come to the burn. He won himself another. Won himself another uh, state championship next year. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell him to do that. I, I had him. I added him on Snapchat, and he added me back. And then, like a couple months ago, and he added me to his story, like went to like the subscriptions or something. Even though I've never said a word to him to make him want to add me, and I, I <laughs> rarely put in my Snapchat story to like annoy him into unadding me. But now I now I feel like I'm a I'm a fan. I'm just some random guy, even though I knew him in elementary school. <laughs> dang, dang, sad times, <laughs> sad times. He's, he's so ripped though. He's actually like, yeah, incredibly strong. He looks very strong. Yeah, I could never do wrestling. I don't, I don't know what his weight class is. I'm taking good I think wrestling would be really fun, but I also you'd have to like learn. <laughs> I could not do. I could not um, compete with the, with those guys, dude. Okay, I, I I forgot you did wrestling when we when we wrestled. Uh, okay, I have. If you're listening, well, that's a that's a long story. But anyway, long story short, me and Colton wrestled at one point, and it it was really long. And it was really boring. It was not a fun because yeah, it would have been the, the point, most never, boring wrestling match to watch ever. <laughs> no, okay, just it was late into the show. If you're listening, then you're you're a real one. But basically, what it was was it were on the mats on these mats, and um, I'd get behind Colton, put my arms like underneath. Like by his like rib cage and just lean back, and then he just roll over on his stomach, and I had no, no clue, not a clue, how to get him on his back. And you need to to pin someone, you get him on their back. So I would do that, and then I just let you get back up, and then I just do the same thing, and I just throw you to the ground like over and over because I, I weigh a good bit more than Colton, so it really wasn't that hard. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um. Eventually, you. I just. I like. I think. I. I think you did. I think you did that. You like. You got me, and you got leverage, and then I like fell right back on you. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, a bad. Your way out. We, we, I forgot we, you we wrestled. Wrestling. You wrestled. I wrestled in kindergarten. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know how old you were, but it was like you actually know how to do more stuff. I wrestled in kindergarten, <laughs> I and I didn't know what a single man. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. oh, because I was the the lowest <laughs> weight class in wrestling is fifty pounds, and I weighed thirty pounds, so <laughs> I got destroyed. I did wrestle. I don't remember anything from it. But yeah, we were going, and Joe was just throwing me on my back, and I was just like wiggling. I'd like just wiggle and maneuver. And then, like, I wasn't doing anything because we got to the point where I was so tired. Like, there was no way I was taking him down. Look, I, I gave it everything I had off his feet. And I was just, I was just yeah. staying afloat at that point. And then I finally, like, I got leverage, tried to just like pick him up and like lean backwards, and then just like, like, I was going to try to, like, roll over, like, in the air so, like, like, he would be on his back. But then I didn't have the strength to roll over when I was in the air. 
So he just, I just, like, on you. I just like leaned backwards and he just like fell on me. <laughs> I, know, I, I actually I felt smacked, bad because I like, I, I like smacked my head on the ground and I was like, okay, this is where I give up. I can't do anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear I heard something like crack. I was like, if I broke your arm or something, um, <laughs> I'm going to feel really bad. But, no, I mean, um, I just, like, I'm just grounding the back and I was, I, I was like going to try to roll over, but I was like, it's too late. I don't have the strength. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you were, like, and then we were half down hour, there. Legitimately, I don't know if I could have rolled around my stomach. There's a chance, but if I would have got on my stomach, it would have just delayed the inevitable. Restarted. At that point. It would have <laughs> yeah, it. There was nowhere. I didn't have the strength to do anything at that point. I had to give up. Yeah, that's a. It's a fun. It's a fun story. It's a fun time. Um, but yeah, and then I proceeded. So I was like, I was like in eighth grade, and I was going into ninth grade. Um, so then. Just for, just for fun, there's a senior that um, and then I yeah he he just wrestled someone that was really big, and then he went to wrestle me and he just like gave up because he was like just too he was just too tired and I was like it was like yeah I can't I can't pick you up so I'm just gonna forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it, it might it's like Caleb Kyle I, like, anyway mm. I don't know fun story fun story fun time fun time out at church camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, there there are a few guys that I could take. I guess you're not one of them. I'm very yeah, few. I, just based on like, like I feel like if it's just like um, it's just kind of unrealistic. Cause I'm a few inches taller than you, and I'm um, marginally meatier than you. Um, it's all if you listen to our episode like, with Joseph Cortez. With different genes. If you listened intently to our episode with Joseph Cortez, you'd know that I'm a, I'm an underweight guy. Um, I'm I'm, a, I'm an undersized. Underweight. I'm an under, I'm undersized in general. I'm five foot eight and 124 pounds. I'm, I got my work cut out for me in any sort of wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little, a little bit on the on the overweight side, just just a little bit. If I lost like if I lost like 15 pounds, I would be at a very healthy weight. But it's it's not as easy as it's, yeah. <laughs> and I know gaining weight is really hard. Gaining weight is not hard for me. I can get, but it's not like I feel like my weight like, fluctuates a lot. <laughs> like hey, you like back in the day, like I used to be. Uh, my like I was almost 160 pounds at one point in my life and i'm down i'm I'm at 124 right now and it's like now i'm at like my weight like really has not i've been in the 124 range and it hasn't moved from like a plus or minus like five pounds of 124 in about two years but like if i eat a bunch for like a week i'll go up to like almost 130 but then like give it another week of just like back to my normal habits and i'm back down to 124 so it's 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 a fluctuating cycle but I I just drink a lot of water. I drink what? like like yeah, I don't I don't drink I don't drink a lot of water. You drink you probably drink more water than me. I drink like a gallon of water and the last two periods of the school day before track class, track period, track class, track period, track uh, practice. And so I like I was think I look like I look like a pretty pretty ripped I'd say. But then I drink a bunch of water and it's like all goes like right here. And I know it's yeah. like I know it's like the same amount of fat. But it just, I just look way bigger. And like, yeah, I, if I drink my water evenly throughout the whole entire day, it'd be way better because I'd like, I feel very weighed down after drinking a lot of water that quickly. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same, but if I don't have any, if I'm not like in school where I can't just casually carry around a bottle of water, like and refill it and stuff, like I'll just sip on water all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, like at church, yeah, was, it, it, we record on Monday. If, this is a Monday episode that we're recording this. So church was yesterday for me. And at church on Sunday night, it was like, you know, like a two-hour church, you know, maybe. You know, like two hours I was there. We, But, like, I went through 
I refilled my water bottle about six times. <laughs> I was just guzzling. <laughs> I was just guzzling water, dude. I was peeing. Yeah. And I peed like two times, or two or three times. And then they were like acting like I was had a UTI or something. <laughs> I, was, I yeah. just drank six bottles of water. Like, you can chill. But Yeah, that's – it gets to the point. Like, I have – um, yeah, just like – I just drink like – like a gallon of water but like after i drink like a half of it then i just like drink and then i have to go to the bathroom right away like there's not even any point <laughs> <laughs> it just goes right through you you know that's what it yeah. feels like seemingly but at school yeah at school i have my gator water bottle i fill it up like in between periods or whatever and it's very easy in distribution I feel like it's not yeah. as bad i just bring one bottle of water and then i drink it throughout the day it's usually gone by like halfway through the day and then i'm out of luck after that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Until school ends, and then I have another one in the car for when I, because I usually go to the rec center workout right after school, so I have another bottle in the car for that. But it's just what do you? What's what's your exercises? Uh, like what, what do you what do you normally do? Just like it's a, different. Um, like every day, I try to like get two. I try to get two miles in on the treadmill before I lift every day, just mm-hmm. just a stay in shape moderately, <laughs> um, keep my stamina up. But then like I've got kind of three different routine so it's like one day i'll do um like back shoulders and triceps or no one day i do shoulders triceps and chest one day i do back and biceps and then the next day i do legs and then it's like a repeating cycle between the three and there's like different different workouts and different lifts depending on what day it is and then i usually lift five days so i don't lift usually on sundays and wednesdays i take off so it's just yeah it depends on the day Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. Um, in the morning, I try to I try to do abs, and then like a bunch of like body weight workouts, and then like legs. My legs. So the thing was, so it was like a really long time. It was like almost three months that I did not do anything with my legs. And they were trying to lose some definition and whatnot. Like I still like ran, but that doesn't like define your legs a whole lot. Um, a week I like just consistently do my legs, and then my legs get get huge so quick. It's <laughs> stupid. Like like they're like almost like. Like a two percent body fat on around my legs, seemingly, but it's like a lot of muscle. <laughs> Jeez. Like everywhere else, my abs do not develop quickly. My arms definitely do not. My arms are really bad. Um, but like my legs, just, just good genes, I guess. My legs. <laughs> I guess sounds like it. Just to finish off before we finish off the show, so we get a little bit late. So, so I went to the long day with my cousin. I probably mentioned this a little bit. Um, I used to do that a lot, like like, a lot, like, like twice a week maybe. Um, and that's, that's what I always do. I was in like sixth grade, like going into seventh grade when we used to do this. Um, and I was stupidly fat and stupidly out of shape, and I never did anything. Um, so, which yeah, he's like, he's like, it's, it's probably a little bit better for you if you like do some cardio in between your like your like machine and like lifting and stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, like can you. So we ran on the treadmill, and I ran like a half a mile, like really, like looking back, it was really slow. It was like it was like nine minutes, which is like not bad if you're running a lot of distance. But like for half a mile on a treadmill, that is uh, that's really bad. I'm not, I don't know how fast you run. If that's what you run, then that's solid, like for two miles. But um, anyway, um, so I did that, ran a half a mile, then did and I was like gassed, and then he was like, okay, we're like restarting a little more. We'll like do some other stuff, and he was like, "Okay, let's go to the treadmills." And I, I like, I was awful. I felt so sick. It was, it was like, I was like, and, and you know, like Mac, it was fine at the time. I was like, kind of worried because I was like, 
really, really, really out of breath. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, fun, fun enough times. Fun enough times. See, that's the good stuff. I really you look back and when you look, you look at, you think back on the days when you couldn't do stuff that seems routine to you now. And then it's like, think about the progress. I, I'm okay. say, I really, I'm starting to work on like some arms and stuff for, I, I really, really want to play basketball next year. Like really, really bad. Um, I just think it would be a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. And like, I can be like TJ. I can be like TJ, I, can, I can be a TJ McConnell type player. I got a really good role player come in, facil- facilitate some some scoring action. Definitely, you know, can definitely score uh, to an extent. You know, break the NBA record for steals and a half, like just casually. Yep. Player. Casually. <laughs> All you gotta do, just get in. The uh, main thing, just get on the court, get some action with the ball in your hands. That's the main main thing. Yes, sir. I, I I'm I really want to. I'm nothing set in stone, but I really want to play some basketball next year. Yeah, that's the that's the best part. Just get on the court, whatever it is. To, I mean, you're. I mean, I don't know exactly what your basketball team six. at Riverside's looking like, but I'm assuming Not. being over six foot in high school, you're probably going to be like a power forward or a center, one of the two. Yeah. So I don't know. Get in there, work on the post moves a little bit, mm-hmm. get the vert, get the vert up a little bit, rebound and like, whatever. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Whatever I, I've always felt like I've been solid at defense. I was like, I feel like that's something I've always been solid at. Except, like whenever I'm playing like really casual games, I'm gonna defense. But then like whenever I play like like you, I don't really play a lot of pickup basketball. When I play like you, like camper, like the the rest of the people like that are actually play, then I like feel like track defense because just, you just get right around me. <laughs> well, so that, to be fair, you probably would not. I'm like a point guard or a shooting guard, and you'd be like a bigger man, so you wouldn't have to guard the faster people, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, just get the work in on the court. On that's that, that's the most fun, that's the most fun work is the stuff on the court. So yeah, I can. I, I really I just need to like I I, I know last last time I played with you guys, um, I was go for like the underneath the hoop stuff, and I just like did, I've never really done anything like that, and I was just messing around a little bit. Um, and I always would just blink it like right off the underneath the rim. <laughs> so, like that's a good that's a good uh, move to have in your arsenal for sure. So that's, that's a lot of stuff. Facts. It's this has been this has been a, a long um, messing around uh, segment here per se at the end about a yes about a about a half an hour I'd say since our our last NFL discussions. So if you if you will do the honors, I will we can, gladly. Gladly, thank you guys for watching the show, sticking with us. If you've been here for this long, um, through through the hour and forty minutes of the show, the thirty minutes of random discussion, very entertaining discussion they had. But um, from us here at the Colton and Joe Show, we are peace.